So we can all breathe. After a week of turmoil, things are a little bit clearer about where we're going for WrestleMania, and man, is the road to the grandest stage of them all looking exciting. A heel rock, an empowered bloodline, Cody calling his shot for the right title, and so much more besides. And we're talking about it all here on Earning the Push. My name's Jack Murley, professional broadcaster, professional rugby player Charlie Beckett here as well. How are we, Mr. Beckett? I'm absolutely fine, thank you, Mr. Murley. And I, for one, was never worried, ever. It was clear from the outset this is what they were going to do. It was clearly the plan. In Hunter, we trust. This was never a worry. And all of you listening, including yourself, Mr. Murley, who were panicking this time last week, fools the lot of you. Thank goodness for old wisehead Beckett, who never doubted this for a moment. Normally, we start by saying it's been the biggest week in wrestling ever. But one of our listeners, James, sort of in a lighthearted way on social media this week, said I was beginning to sound like Tony Schiavone by saying it's the biggest, <laughs> it's the biggest week ever. So I'm going to steer clear of that. But man, it has been a big week. So we're going to get into it. He's Charlie underscore Beckett on the socials. I'm Jack underscore Murley. And let's start in Las Vegas, Nevada, Sin City last Thursday, where after the out rage of rock muscling in on cody's title shot two weeks ago on smackdown everyone seemed to come away from vegas feeling happy what happens in vegas does not stay in vegas on this occasion the rock turned hollywood heel cody gets his redemption moment seth rollins by his side everyone talking and now charlie we know or we think we know cody facing roman heel rock trying to stop it a united bloodline with rock and roman at the head of the table how are we feeling well, first of all, any trip where from Vegas where you all come away happy is a good trip from Vegas. I mean, there's many groups of people who all come away happy when they go to Vegas for the weekend. So, um, no, I, as much as I joked at the start, I think they have called a huge audible here, WWE, off the back of the reaction on SmackDown and then the following Raw to The Rock. I don't think they could have ever imagined there would be genuine go-away heats for The Rock. Like, those uh, Rocky Sucks chants weren't... Um, they weren't the character of The Rock. They were Dwayne Johnson. This is not your story. Get out of it. Um, I don't think before the press conference, this is where we were going. I think we were going to Cody Seth and Rock Roman. And fair play to whether it was Hunter or whoever it was who made the decision to say, we, we need to go back to the original idea here. Because I can't imagine Mr. Johnson would have been too pleased with having that pulled away from either The Rock. He, he He's The Rock. He's the biggest star in the world entertainment, as they keep saying. But... I have come away from this press conference very, very happy with the results and actually extremely excited now for a story I never thought we would get. Like seeing The Rock as part of the bloodline, him and Roman on the same side. The first time in all 21 years we've had heel rock. I think this is an exciting storyline that WWE didn't really know they had to give, have had to give it. And now I think it could be exceptional. We've had a lot, and this is one of those things where wrestling fans, it really, it really doesn't matter whether this was the plan all along or whether it wasn't. But my two pennies worth is this clearly wasn't the plan all along. You agree with that. And and just to put it into context, six weeks between Rock getting that huge babyface reaction at day one when he comes out with Jinder Mahal and this heel turn in Las Vegas, six weeks, even maybe a little bit less than that, you cannot tell me that when he came back at day one, 
first Raw of 2024 and got that huge reaction. And you and I were guys, brilliant having the rock back, isn't it amazing? Who knows where we go? So that they were going to go, yeah, this was always the plan. We always wanted him to go heel. I won't buy it, Charlie. I'm just not having it. No, neither will I. And what I don't understand and will never understand, unless I hope that in 10, 15, 20 years we get a book or an interview from Triple H or someone or The Rock or Roman Rock telling the story of this, because this is what I am dying to understand. Six weeks ago, day one, The Rock drops that line about does he sit ahead of the table. From that moment, you're thinking he's at least open to doing WrestleMania with Roman, Okay. You can't tell me that after that there weren't conversations to then get us to where we are now, that at some point before the Royal Rumble, they knew The Rock was open to facing Roman and that's where they wanted to go, okay? I am all understanding of, up until that point, you were going with Cody. Suddenly Rock Roman's on the table, you've got to take it. I'm all for it, I understand that. But if you knew, which they must have before the Rumble, that they were going Rock Roman... Why the hell did Cody win the Rumble? That I will never understand. Well, ever, ever, ever. It's because they didn't. That, that you, As you say, you eliminate all the logical possibilities, all that are left are the illogical ones. And the logical... So how late did this come on the table then? Well, I... When did The Rock say, I'm open to doing this? It was after the Rumble. And it has to be then between Rumble and SmackDown. That's... if it Was it the first SmackDown after the Rumble this happened? Yeah. Yeah, so that's... Five days, six days. Yeah, but look at what happened in those five. So I'm going to be really, really charitable to WWE here. And, and That's good of you. I'm sure they will appreciate it. I know, because I'm, their stock price rises and falls based on what Jack Murley in Cornwall says. It does. It does. Here's the thing. If I'm The Rock, I'm seeing Brock Lesnar embroiled in the Vince McMahon allegations. He has not yet commented on it. That is still ongoing. We make no judgment on it, but he's clearly involved. We see CM Punk injured. And the rocks got in the back of his head. They loved me when I came back at day one. WrestleMania needs saving. I'm going to come in and I'm going to be the one who saves it. And you can see why, not in a delusional way, not in a Bigfooting way, that he's felt like the fans are going to love this. And then when they didn't, they've had to reconsider. And I think that's what caught them unawares, that they just weren't aware how much that fans were behind Cody. And I don't know if you've ever had this at any clubs you've played for. I suspect not. But there's sometimes when everything goes wrong in a squad and then someone comes back and goes, don't worry, lads, I'll save it. I'll save the team. And you're actually going, yeah, do you know what? We're playing fine without you. We don't need you to come back and save it. And that's what's happened, but on a worldwide scale. That's my view. Yeah, and you're probably correct. It's one of my one of my favourite bits of literature and fiction, Sherlock Holmes. I'm a big Sherlock Holmes guy. I like him a lot. And one of the... Can I, can I just know. stop you? You cut out slightly when you said that, and it, to me it sounded like you said, one of my favourite films is Shark Tale. <laughs> that that would be quite... It's already a weird segue I'm going on, but if I went Shark Tale, I'd be, what I said was one of my favourite fictional characters is Sherlock Holmes. And going back to what you said about the timing of all this, one of the things he says a lot is, when you remove the impossible, whatever you're left with, however unlikely, however illogical, has to be what happened. It has to be the, the fact. So... I do think it's impossible that before the Rumble, they it's impossible that Triple H had Cody Rhodes win the Rumble to then go with Roman versus The Rock. He's not stupid. He can't have done that. So when you get the timing of the Vince McMahon allegations, CM Punk's injury, Brock being embroiled it, as you said, then you can understand why The Rock may have felt, or, that, you know, some of WWE might have said, we've got to get more star power in here. We need to bring Dwayne in, like The Rock in. However it happened, you can see why they thought they had to do that. 
I think they didn't quite fathom how invested the fans are in this Cody story. And they thought they could push it a year or to SummerSlam or whenever and it'd be fine. The fans are invested in Cody not just winning a world title, not just winning the Universal title, not just winning a title at WrestleMania. They are investing only Cody Rhodes beating Roman Reigns and the main event of night two at WrestleMania for that Universal title. I think it's so clear now that anything else will not cut the mustard with uh, with fans now. And what is fascinating is we, we will, and fans will, debate till the cows come home. The how, what, why, was this a plan, was it not? We've sort of put that to bed. No one's going to agree. People have their position set. The fact is, WWE have gone in that direction now. And there was a time where if you're like you and me, and you believe this was calling an audible by WWE, there was a point where they wouldn't have. They'd have just said, we know best. We've seen it so much. Look how long the yes movement took to, to take hold. The fact that WWE and The Rock, because he will have had to approve this, went, hmm, not loving these reactions. Rocky could have taken his ball and gone home. Rocky could have tried to split the difference and said, I'm going to be the special ref. We don't know. But the fact he went, do you know what? I fancy being a heel. And I have confidence enough in my ability to do it, like when, to a lesser degree, Trish came back and turned heel. Love it. Can't fault them for it. And they did it quickly enough. They will almost be forgotten what they tried to do because it was less than a week. It lasted four days, didn't it? That Monday to Thursday, this was the plan. So, or however long, six days from SmackDown. Less than a week, whatever they did. So they, you have to give huge kudos to them. They've gone, ah, this isn't working. And realise quicker that this wasn't the sort of thing they could just push on us and we'd accept as fans. This was going to... This was going to derail WrestleMania. If this had been the main event of night two, it would have been booed out of the building. And they just couldn't have that. With where WWE is at at the moment, with how popular it is, how high it is, their flagship show, their biggest show of the year, couldn't have that ending. And I think they have done the best move they can. And, oh boy, am I excited to see Heel Rock. And oh, and also, as well as that, he's seeing Heel Rock, I think The Rock hasn't wrestled in a long, long time. Putting him in a tag match helps him. Putting him in a tag match with three of the best fours. Because we are we pretty certain that our night one main event is going to end up being Rock and Roman versus Cody and Seth? Do we think that's where it's going? I feel like that's where we're being led, isn't it? So let, let, let's work on that assumption for now. That's a hell of a main event for night one. And it also looks after the Rock with the fact that it doesn't matter how good he is, was, will be again. When you haven't wrestled in that long, you are going to be rusty. When you haven't done anything in that long, you're going to be rusty the first time back doing it. Put him in with three of the best we've got at the moment is going to look after him and allow him to just deliver the best performance on the night. It also leads us into the possibility of something we've not seen in these relatively early stages of two-night WrestleManias. This will be, I think, the third two-night WrestleMania, maybe the fourth, but we've... Yes, yeah, yeah third or fourth. Not, not many of them. Episodic storytelling from Mania Night 1 to Mania Night 2, because they could whack a stipulation on this tag team match because they've got to have some sort of stakes to it. It can't just be, let's do a tag team match. Or if it is, they can do storytelling. The cliffhanger's over onto night two. That's not something we've seen done before, which is exciting. I think I don't think there will be stakes on it, but I think what we will see is the tag match happen. I think we will see Cody and Seth win because I think they have to. And I think we will see both Cody and Seth beaten up after I think we'll see Cody beaten up by the bloodline and I think we all probably think we're getting Drew McIntyre involved in the world heavyweight title match on the second night at some point 
Or you could see Seth having to pull double duty on the one night. Could see that as well. But if you, let's say he does it in the second night, I think you see Drew putting a beat down on Seth after. And you have Damian Priest knocking around with money in the bank as well. It all becomes very interesting, very intriguing. Like you say, something we've never seen before of what happens on night one is going to affect night two. We'll talk more about Seth Rollins because he's had a week, hasn't he, just um, in terms of his promos and him being elevated and the world title scene as well because that's up in the air, not the universal title scene. But let's just talk about the press conference itself. Loved the format, thought that was sensational, definitely got people talking. And Rock is such a pro. Once he's decided he's going, going heel, he was dropping the breadcrumbs on his media tour. Started with that Pat McAfee interview where he said, Cody crybabies. And I messaged you and said, he's, he's turning. He is just turning here. And from the moment he came out on that stage, he was just arrogant heel Rock. But it didn't feel forced. He just lent into it. And you think, you are a pro. Whether you've been in Hollywood, whether you've not, whether you came back to do something else or you didn't, you now, quote, know your role in this. And no one is better at playing that heel role than The Rock. Yeah, he's really great, isn't he? He is the ultimate professional when he's got his mic in his hand or he's in the ring. And like I say, we haven't seen heel Rock in over 20 years. I'm very, very excited to see it because it's going to be fun to see him come out and not just hit his greatest hits, not just to hit the millions of millions there. It doesn't matter what you think, the finalies. I actually probably caught with some new material for the first time in a long time, which he's very, very good at. So that's hugely exciting. And I love the press conference. I think that's a really cool way to go. You see them do it in UFC. You see them do it in boxing. If we're going to lean in with this new TKO partnership into the realism of wrestling, present it like a combat sport, this press conference is really cool. I like it a lot. I really liked it. And I tell you, as much as I like the press conference, I love what it did to Cody, which we'll get into in a tick. My favourite moment was that backstage Triple H interview. I guess we now have to call him Paul Triple H Levesque because they are really pushing that line. He's not just being called Triple H on screen anymore. But when he's giving the interview to Jackie Redman backstage and Rock and Roman walk past and they start jawing off and swear. Do you know what he reminded me of? Undertaker, Brock Lesnar, Ariel Helwani at that UFC event when Taker says to Brock, you want to do it? And no one quite, you know, is it blurred? Is it not? And friends I know who were brought back into wrestling by The Rock watched that and said, is that real or is that not? And if you've got them, it's genius. They're almost redefining kayfabe now. Like we all know wrestling is quote unquote fake. No one thinks those men, those women go in the ring and have an actual fight. But they're now blowing the lines of backstage kayfabe. Now they've pulled the curtain on and they're like, all right, is this script or do these people really not get on? Is this script or is he really, is she really trying to position themselves into a better position for WrestleMania, for SummerSlam, for these big shows? I think that's fascinating and an incredibly intelligent way to move the times of WWE because, and the wrestling industry in general because... Growing up, the best thing about wrestling was you thought it was real. You thought that The Undertaker really could zap lightning out of his hands. You thought that actually he really did kick out of a super kick and a pedigree. You thought these people were superhuman. You thought it was all real. You thought Big Show really did weigh 500 pounds, like all these things. But now as adults, we know that's not real. Actually, now as adults, we get the new thing of, oh, is that real Pete backstage or is it scripted? Like it, it is like it's just, it's the suspense of disbelief. And it's what we myself watch entertainment for. Like, if you know the outcome, it's less exciting. If you know why it's happening, it's less exciting. I think it's a 
really, really smart move from WWE to start blurring the lines of, is this scripted or is this real animosity that's brewing between these two, three people? And they're doing it within the confines of the storyline universe. Rock isn't going backstage, bumping Triple H and saying, no way I'm doing the job to code. Like, it's not that sort of tired work shoot. It's still credible within that universe. Now, Cody certainly dropped his pipe bomb. What Cody didn't do on that stage was say too much about why he said he wasn't going to challenge at WrestleMania, because I think they basically realised that made no sense. That's like JR in the shower in Dallas. We're just going to pretend that never happened. We're just going to move on past it. That to one side, him coming out and saying, yeah, it doesn't matter what, you know, you're the heads of the table, but who's been cooking for the past two years? Oof, that struck home. Yeah, it was a brilliant promo. Like I said, I like there's been like, oh, that didn't make sense. Pretend it never happened. Um, but I think that's the best thing to do, just to forget it happened, because this storyline is going to be so great that will be forgotten. I'm happy to do that. I thought he was sensational. I think with the huge personalities on the bloodline side of this, it's almost easy to forget the role Cody Rhodes has. Like He's done phenomenal work for two years, but he's got a huge, huge role in the next two and a half, three months, and the man can do it. I think he's he's phenomenal and will continue to be. Just a note for as well, how cool the family tree graphic was, the bloodline graphic. I thought that was awesome. And only when you see it all up, you, uh, do you realise just, just how significant the Anawaii family, that Samoan dynasty, is in the wrestling world. It is ridiculous. It really is. I, I loved everything about it. And what I love the most is everyone, whatever you thought going into this press conference and wrestling fans were split, it rare you can unify everyone. I've not seen anyone come out the other end of that press conference and go, oh, I was I was happier with what we had before. I think everyone's just... WWE has done a remarkable job of going, right, okay, stop squabbling, stop fighting, we've heard you, we're bringing you back together. Talk more Seth Rollins in a bit. Elsewhere at this press conference, a word for Becky Lynch and Rhea Ripley, hard not to be overshadowed by everything else happening on this stage. They had a great moment. They're continuing to build this as, I think you could make an argument that by the time we get there, this will be the biggest women's match in WWE ever. Big praise, but I don't think it's unwarranted. Yeah, it's tough for anything not to be overshadowed by Rock and Roman and Code, like you said, but I thought they did a really, really nice job making this an exciting match at WrestleMania, which is hilarious when we don't know it's the match we're getting. Like, we've got an elimination chamber to decide who's going to be the number one contender for Rhea's, um, Rhea's title at Mania, I feel like it has to be Becky. Now, they've built this as the match both of them want, the match we're being told we want, the match we do want. Like I say, this could... If they'd build this right, I'm not sure they've had two more popular women superstars going into a match at WrestleMania ever. Like, they've probably had two bigger stars historically, like, um, and bigger matches in the uh, grand scheme of things, like the triple threat that was the first main event, for example, et cetera, et cetera. But two superstars who are at the peak of their popularity right now, who are red, red hot, I, th I think you've got a real case, as you said, for the, the biggest and most anticipated women's match at WrestleMania ever, potentially. Well, you've got two main eventers. I, I know Rhea Charlotte didn't go on last, but it was a main event of WrestleMania, and you've got Becky Lynch, who was main-evented WrestleManias. So because of the way the women's revolution worked, we haven't had that legacy, that credibility built in. So now you've got two legitimate badasses, legitimately over with the fans, the legitimate pedigree of being main eventers. 
they're finally getting to the point where that parity is beginning to catch up and surprise, surprise, everyone's buzzing for it. Why wouldn't you be? Yeah, and again, they're presenting it the same way to present the men's matches. Like, it doesn't seem difficult, does it? Give the women the same presentation, give them the same screen time, build them the same way, and people will be just as excited. People are not excited about men's WrestleMania matches or men's wrestling matches because they're men. They're excited because they are presenting to us in a way that we deem they're going to be excited. We are we deem they're a big deal because we're told they are. We're now being told these two women are as big a deal as it gets, and lo and behold, everyone's excited for it. Like, it's not that complicated. And finally, we are seeing it done the right way. And it's going to be great when that happens. We said we'd talk more about Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins, I think, has had arguably the best week in Seth Rollins' career on the mic ever. Delivered at the press conference, comes out on Monday Night Raw, Cody Rhodes, what do you guys want to talk about? And it turns out all we want to talk about is Seth Rollins because that was the best, most serious promo he's cut in years saying, you need a shield, you need an architect, I'm your guy. Seth Rollins, give him the ball, knocked it out of the park when it came to his mic work. Off the top of my head, and not even off the top of my head now, because it's five days later, I can't think of a better performance on the mic from Seth Rollins in his career. He managed to be entertaining, call back to historic moments in his career that made sense, be sincere, be threatening. Like He was everything you'd want from a world champion. All at once, and he's meant to be a heel, isn't he, technically, Seth? But he's coming to fight to the aid of the face, which is always a difficult story to tell, but it made perfect sense of why he's coming. It, enemy of my enemy is my friend. It's one. The, it's a cliche, but it's true. Like He is livid about The Rock coming back to the character Seth Rollins. We don't know what the man Seth Rollins thinks, but the character Seth Rollins is livid about coming back. He has no time for part-time coming back, and that's because he's there doing it day in, day out. Of course he'd be angry about that. He has all the history in the world with Roman Reigns to dig into. Of course, there's issues there. And on top of that, Roman is becoming that part-timer he hates. So it makes perfect sense why he wants to fight these two. And to fight these two, he has to form an alliance and allegiance with Cody Rhodes. And it's credit to them, the men as well, because it's not a secret that I don't think they're the best of friends. Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins, the actual men, I don't think they are incredibly close from what you hear. So... It's credit that they can put that aside to have great matches against each other, which they've had for over the last year or so, but also now to tell this story together. So I thought it was the best we've seen from Seth on the mic ever. Now, Seth Rollins has the World Heavyweight Championship. What are we doing about that? Is Seth doing double duty? Is Seth dropping the belt before WrestleMania? Does Seth do night one and night two? The reason I ask is because they've made that world title picture incredibly compelling that I don't think you can just say no world title defense at all. I I think that title needs to be defended, whether by Seth or by someone else. There has to, has to, has to be a world title defense at WrestleMania. There's no doubt about that. And we're having an elimination chamber to choose a number one contender to face, we believe, Seth. Obviously, it could change before then. Um, the match I would still like to see, and I don't know how you get there now, is Drew, Seth, Sammy. I think they're building Sammy. Sammy, I think, in his last 12 matches has lost them one-on-one. They are doing they're doing the underdog story from NXT with Sami Zayn, and it's a great story. And what I like what they're doing is they're doing it slowly. No one on telly is referencing it really too much. That will build slowly the Sami Zayn underdog story. Sammy's time to win the title isn't at WrestleMania. I don't believe that. I, I I would quite like to see Drew McIntyre win it at WrestleMania. I think he's doing his best character work of his career. And 
for the man, Drew. He didn't get his moment at WrestleMania because of 36 because of the pandemic. That was when that should have been his crowning moment of a world title in front of a crowd. His friends, his family weren't there for that. I think Drew leaves WrestleMania the world title. I think he wins the Elimination Chamber. Does he beat Seth Rollins? I think so, but I'm not entirely sure. I could see before we get there, I could see a beat down of Seth Rollins by the bloodline and then Damian Priest chooses his moment. And I think that adds another layer to that story of the bloodline have now cost Seth his world title as well. So I think we definitely, definitely see a world title defence at WrestleMania. I think Drew McIntyre is the challenger. I'm 70% sure Seth is defending it and doing double duty. But I could absolutely see a Damian Priest cash in before then because otherwise, I said this in last week, when the hell does Damian Priest cash in? He's got until July. It's not like it's breathing down his neck, but you're right. The the, the clock is very much ticking. I I just don't... The honest answer is I don't know what they do now, and not in a bad way, not in, oh, I don't know what they're going to do. I like that I don't know what's going on. Um, we, we do know that Hunter has given us some stacked shows. I think we thought we'd be getting Gunther against um, Jey Uso at Elimination Chamber. Instead, that's being teed up for Raw next Monday, along with Cody versus Drew. Can I just say, Drew McIntyre making a shirt that says DM Hunk rather than CM Punk. That that man, he's, he's living the time of his life at the moment, and he's a smart businessman because... Whenever CM Punk comes back, who is going to be first in line for a Red Hot feud? It's Drew McIntyre. Yeah, Drew McIntyre has capitalised on this sensationally. And he is a brilliant wrestler, like you say, smart businessman. His character work on that sensation. So it's, it's really, really great to see. I was thinking about the Jey Uso Gunther match. And I might be completely wrong on this. Do you remember a while ago there was uh a story that they couldn't leave the u.s because of his visa stuff for a while ah. i think at that time we said oh he won't be in australia then i think and i'm gonna get the reason but i think nothing wrong but just because of his visa he had to stay in the united states for the next six or nine months or something i think we said then oh that's a shame that it runs through the elimination chamber pay-per-view so i think that's probably why we're getting it here because I don't. I don't think if I'm if I remember correctly, I don't think he can go to Australia because of visa issues. That was a time where we naively thought it'll be Seth versus Gunther for the title at WrestleMania when CM Punk still worked for AEW and The Rock was still in Hollywood, which wasn't that long ago. But there we go. Um, I also like that we're not getting it at Elimination Chamber, which is happening next Saturday from Perth. Um, you were in Australia not long ago. If it's happening next Saturday at about seven o'clock in Perth, that's going to be a nice sort of afternoon lunchtime pay-per-view for us to watch that's going to be nice yeah i'm going to try to do some quick massive that's 7 p.m in perth give or take that yeah that's morning for us over here because they are west australia which is different to sydney where i was east australia geography i think that's going to be around 10 a.m for us which could be lovely 10 a.m on a saturday morning i think i've seen that it's like 2 a.m or midnight or 1am for Americans. And all I'd like to say is, ha, ha, now you know how it feels, the United States of America. Now you know what it's going to be like. And it's not even a Sunday for you. I think it might be a Friday night for you. It's going to have a lovely time to do it. It's going to have a lovely time to do it. Try it on a Sunday when you go to work on a Monday. 
This is all the year. Coming on what bike section at nine o'clock in the morning, the morning after WrestleMania, and still deciding to stay up WrestleMania like I did foolishly one year. Got to bed at half five, was back up at eight o'clock, and then throwing up by ten o'clock after my what bike session. That's fun. Did you tell the coaches, or were the coaches aware this is what was going to have been happening? They were well aware and couldn't have cared less. <laughs> It's all those years that we as WWE fans had to plug in the VHS and put the code in and then hope it had recorded the next morning. I did that for, of all, you have all, of all the the pay-per-views I did that for, I did that for No Way Out, I think 2004 or 2005, not 2006, the Kurt Angle versus Undertaker. No, no, no. The match I wanted to see was JBL versus the big show in a steel cage, barbed wire steel cage. That was what I was adamant I had to record it for of all the matches. That was terrible. That that was two thousand. It was awful. But I was like, ah, oh, there's barbed wire on top of the steel cage. It's amazing. I remember JBL won because he Sorry, I have to remember what ridiculous this match was. He got chokeslammed through the ring and he crawled out under the ring and that's how he won because he escaped the cage. Yeah, wrestling fans at the moment, you don't know how lucky you are that you can a watch wrestling at a decent time, and that the wrestling is 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 decent like that. What? As we go on from that, we will. What we're getting at this chamber is actually is like the Royal Rumble. We're getting two chamber matches: Rhea versus Nia Jax and British Strong Style versus Judgment Day for the tag titles. As things stand, that is it. Although they have just added a Grayson Waller effect segment uh, with Seth and Cody are going to be there. Do we get the Rock and Roman as well? I think maybe, or we get some sort full of uh, that storyline being progressed. But that's a nice length for a pay per view. Yeah, that's lovely, and I think I think we see the women's chamber go on last potentially because I think the final image we get at that pay-per-view is Becky and Rhea staring down the middle of the ring. I think we we presume Becky wins that chamber. I think in Australia, you want to have the last thing people see be Rhea Ripley. Like that that just makes sense to me. So I think we probably open with the men's chamber. Um I I, I love I think or, or maybe over with Rhea and Nia Jax. I start off strong. Like, imagine the first thing you hear is just Rhea Ripley's music go. You're going to, if there was a roof on the place, it'd come off. You're going to have the Aussies going mad for that. But yeah, I think the women's chamber will close. But I, I, I love, I've not made a secret, but I love shorter pay per views. Three hours is the perfect time for a pay per view for me. I think this will come around three, three and a half hours. Um, Money on the table. Do you think we get the Rock and Roman there for that segment in Perth? I think we could get Paul Heyman. Well, I think we definitely get Heyman. I don't know whether, because what you could do is you could have them big time it by sending in a video message. I, I And, you know, really play into that heel thing. <sighs> yeah, I think we I think we do. I think we probably do. Yeah. What do you think? I, th- I think for CM Punk's injury, no. Because we'd, they'd advertised hard that Punk was going to be there. And I think it was being reported quite widely the Roman wasn't going to be. I think with Punk's injury, I think they've said we need we need this story there. And I, I think Punk's injury has changed everything more than we we realise actually. I think that I think has probably been the major player in changing everything. I think if we hadn't had Punk's injury, I think we'd just go to Punk Rollins and Roman Cody and we don't see the rock till maybe next year. I think that the more I think of it and the more you look at the facts, I think that is the big, big big factor that has changed everything here so I think it will be a surprise appearance from at least one I think they'll get both because 
to be honest, I think they pay him a load of money. And if they're busy, you fly him in and fly him out. And I know Australia is not just a little hot, but with private jets from America, you can do it in less than a day. And I think they get paid a shed load of money to do it for a day. And also, The Rock's got skin in the game. He's not just being contracted in. Rock sits on the board of TKO. So TKO shares go up, The Rock shares go up. And also, let's not pretend this man is... You know, I know there's some some negativity towards The Rock because of what happened, but this man gives back to the business. He wants to make it the best show, and if that means he flies to Australia to do it, his track record is he'll fly to Australia to do it. Um, more rock talk in a bit, but let's transition to everyone's favourite part of the podcast. Uh, earning the push and back to developmental. Something from everyday life we love, something we hate. Do you want to go first or second? I'll go second this week, please. Okay, I'm going to do two earning the pushes controversially this week, because we can. Um, earning the push for me, this is a bittersweet one. The passing of Steve Wright, Radio 2 DJ. Very, very sad. Everything that's needed to be said about him has probably been said, but if you work in my game, he was the gold standard. He was also a lovely man, um, did some bits and pieces for me that he had absolutely no need to do and gone far too early at 69. Did you listen to Steve Wright? Was he on your radio? The big show in the afternoon, Steve Wright in the afternoon, factoids and all that is the soundtrack of me being picked up from school. Yeah, That was what was on the car. My mum or my dad picked me up or if I... When I got a bit older and I walked home from school, I'd always stop my dad's office because I walked past. That was always on in his office. So I, I listened to a lot. For a, for a 10, 11, 12 year old, I listened to a lot of Radio 2 and a lot of Steve Wright. And he and then Sunday Love Songs was normally on on the way to rugby on a Sunday morning as well. So I listened to a lot of Steve Wright, actually. And um, Steve Wright in the afternoon had the best jingle in all of all of radio. I know you know radio more than me, but I'd fight any man or woman who said there's a better jingle out there than uh, uh, Steve Wright's show in the afternoon on BBC Radio 2. Yeah, and it was effortless. And you know as well as I do, effortless ain't effortless. If it seems effortless, there's so much going on behind the scenes. So uh, sending some love to the friends and family of Steve Wright gone far too soon. And my second earning the push is for my football team. Stargazy FC, we're on the road this weekend. We're going to play Cardiff Dragons in Cardiff. Um... Top tips for a real clash at the castle this weekend. Damn right, an all an all queer, all Celtic clash in Cardiff is how we're marketing it. I want to see, I want to see a WWE video package with that tagline. <laughs> that's that's what we're going with. That's how we're getting the fans in. You've done plenty of away trips. Anything we should know for our first away trip? Expect a hostile environment. Okay. Um, don't be shocked if there's flooded changing rooms or your electrics don't work in the changing room. I've seen it all. Quite often, a classic at away change rooms is there being no plugs in your change rooms. You can't put the speaker on for music, etc. Like, um, but actually, it's still a football pitch. You'll be fine. Just good snacks for the bus or the car is important. However you get in there, you need lots of water and good snacks. That's very important. I got uh, a pack of mint imperials, and so I'll be fine. I'm going to be set. And You'll be flying. You'll be buzzing. Uh, I won't have to do a urine test or anything. It'll be all menthol by the the other end. And also, Cardiff Dragons are nice. They're not going to sabotage our change room. So there we are. Ah, uh, you don't know. You never know. Okay. And what are you giving me for earning the push and back to developmental? Well, you haven't given us a back to developmental yet. I said I'm doing two earning the pushes. Oh, instead of a back to Right. So you're <laughs> going to be all positive, are you? Yeah, for once. I'm going to be all God, Mr. Happy. Sickening. <laughs> um, my earning the push is the city of Edinburgh. We went, myself and my partner went for a few days up in Edinburgh, and the weather was disgusting and terrible. But it did not matter a jot. Edinburgh is a very, very cool city. We had a brilliant time there. We scored the most last minute of last minute tickets to the rugby, i.e. 40 minutes before kickoff, we got them. Uh, someone rang us and said, I've got two free tickets. Do you want to go? And we're like, yes, please. That sounds brilliant. 
Uh, really cool city, lovely, friendly people, loads to do. We'll definitely be back at some point. We just had a really, really nice little break up there. So the city of Edinburgh. Uh, and also, we planned to go abroad, but there was no flights that were even remotely decent value. And actually, there's loads of stuff to do in Britain. So just stick around, eh? So that that is... Look at me, I sound like I'm working for the government. Staycations are the way. I, I like the fact you said stick around. Like, stick like, around. Like, guys, Britain isn't that bad. Just stay oh, another, well. stay another couple, sometimes. Stay another uh, couple of days. And then here's my controversial back to vet mental. And it's going to get booed, I think, initially, but I'd like to explain it fully. Just Valentine's Day. I'm not a fan. And let me carry on. I'm not a fan because I think if you need a day to tell you to tell your loved ones or to show your loved ones that you love them, I don't think you're doing love right. Because I love, love is great, love is brilliant. Like, I have a partner who I adore, and I'm very, very fortunate. I don't just do that because it's Valentine's Day. So I think it's a bit of a sham by the card companies. Everything's more expensive because it's Valentine's Day. And I think a lot of people sometimes put on a good show for Valentine's Day, but maybe don't do the right things in the 364 days of the year, and that doesn't make it okay. So Valentine's Day is rubbish just show the people you love that you love them all year round i agree with the last point however i think it's good to have something to aim for like you train in cycles as an athlete i think if you can train your cycle in the in the relationship think right we're really going to peak coming into valentine's day that's when christmas is over it's time to really get the hard work done valentine's day is six weeks away i'm just saying if you can if you can make that mentality work i think you should so i i I, i'm sort of with you i like it but i do agree with you someone else said this somewhere else the longer the post on the valentine's caption the more trouble the relationship is in oh yeah i entirely agree with that like if you're getting multiple stories on instagram like different one that says like one that says happy one that says valentine's one that says day and then my love you're like oh it's rocky things are not going well here yeah and take it for someone who's not in a relationship that's advice you can bank on (laughs) maybe we need to start doing like a a spin-off of this where we just give a relationship advice i mean i'm not sure either of us are qualified but let's do it it'd be like help by sex with my boss but far less funny and entertaining (laughs) Well, that's at least a nice review we can put on this podcast. Let's get back to wrestling. Rock's on SmackDown tonight. One last question. What are we seeing from the Rock on SmackDown tonight? He is there. Full-on heel Hollywood Rock? Yeah, I think we see him. I'd love to see him dressed like old 2003 Hollywood Rock. I think he just... I think he tears into the crowd. I think I think he maybe... Or maybe he's wearing a t-shirt that says Kobe Crybabies. And I think he hammers the crowd. I think he doesn't hold back, and I think it's going to be box office. It's interesting as well to see the role of Paul Heyman in all of this, because Heyman has been the talk. Roman can talk, but Heyman has carried the the cam when Roman's not been there. Now you've got The Rock, one of the greatest talkers ever. Heyman, one of the greatest talkers ever. And, you know, Roman Reigns, who isn't quite at that level, but he's blinking good. Cody and, and Seth are their work cut out. Yeah, I also think, what I, what I hope, hope, hope is that at WrestleMania 41, we do get Rock versus Roman. I still hope we get that. I hope we haven't missed that chance. It wasn't a one-off chance. But what we get fascinatingly now is let's see how the Rock and Roman's dynamic works and who's the real head of the table here. And we're going to start seeing the seed sown for, hopefully, that match in a year's time. Things like, who's Solo going to listen to? 
Who's Jimmy going to listen to? If if Rock says one thing and Roman says the other, which side do they go? So I think there's so much potential to tell a story we didn't know we needed, but now could be exceptional here. So if we do get Roman versus Rock at WrestleMania 41 and look at us being wrestling fans saying we don't want it now, but we'll have it in a year's time, thank you very much. That's got to be face Roman versus heel Rock, hasn't it? Hasn't it? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think, and I think... But I think you can transition Roman Reigns back to face quite comfortably now if you do it right. Which is why, when anyone says to me this was always a plan, no. Day one, when Rock came back and got the baby face pop, they were not saying we're turning him... Ed, we've done it. We're not going to get back into it. Let's wrap this show up. Uh, remember, rate, review and subscribe wherever you're listening. Uh, thank you for all of those who do it for us each and every week. Get involved on the socials. He's Charlie underscore Beckett. I'm Jack underscore Merley. And we are out of time. Enjoy your rest of the week. We'll see you next week when we'll be on the eve before Elimination Chamber. Until then, bye-bye.